So tonight we're going to uh, learn about Parshas Pekudei through the eyes of the great Rabbi Rucham Levavitz Mashkiach of Mir. And we're going to see maybe two, but definitely one in Mirz Hashem pieces. And let's start with the first one. Eile Pekudei HaMishkan Mishkan Eidus. This week's Parsha starts off with an unusual double um, word. It says, these are the countings of the Mishkan, the accountings of whatever was brought into the Mishkan. And then it, again, it says, Mishkan Ha'edus. So it's strange that the Pasuk would repeat the word Mishkan twice. And Rashi takes note of this. Shnei Pamim, Remez Lemikdash, Shenismashken Bishnei Churbanin, Alavenesein Shal Yisrael. This is a Remez, says Rashi, that... The Mishkan uh, in the Midbar was really the precursor of the Beis Hamikdash. In fact, the the first time that the Torah calls the Mishkan as it as it is, it doesn't call it a Mishkan. It says, "V'asuli Mikdash v'shachanti b'seicham." You should make for me a Mikdash. And the Gemara uh, in Erevin and other places take note of the fact that. They're sort of interchangeable, Lashen Mishkan and, and Beis HaMikdash, which makes sense because, after all, the, the Beis HaMikdash was really just a, uh, a continuation of the original Mishkan. We have a Mishkan, which is the place that the Shechina was Shaira in the Midbar. And then when we came into Eretz Yisrael, there were a few other um, temporary dwellings of the Makam of the Aran and Hashras HaShechina. There was Naiv, there was Givain. There was Shilai, and then ultimately we came to the what's called the Beis Eilamim, which is the Beis Hamikdash and the Hamaria. The reason why it's called Beis Eilamim is because it was the house that was supposed to stand forever for Eilamim. Of course, it didn't. There were two Chorban Beis Hamikdashes, and we we very much uh, constantly yearn for the third Beis Hamikdash that should be built b'mehira b'yamenu, but. Rashi says that when it says this double lashon, Eile Pekudei HaMishkan, Mishkan HaEidos, so it's a remez to the Beis HaMikdash, even though we're talking about the accountings of the stuff that went into the Mishkan and the Midbar, but we're now giving a forward-looking allusion to the Mikdash that was Nismashken B'Shnei Chorbanin Alav Nisein Shal Yisrael. What is a mashkin? Mishkan means a tabernacle, but it also is the same words, the same letter, same letters as mashkin. A mashkin, we all know, is, uh, is what? Collateral. Collateral. So how does that work? If I, let's say, lend you $1,000, and I want to make sure to get the $1,000 back, I don't want to hear later on, Rebbe, I don't have the money, and I'm sorry, you know, whatever, give me another month, give me another year. So what would I do if I was not such a great Rebbe? I would say, listen, I love you, but give me your watch. I need it. that watch, the, uh, the Rolex. Yeah, yeah. Can you just give it to me? I'll hold on to it. I'm not going to really use it so much. Maybe I will use it, but that way I know that you're going to give me back my thousand dollars. Otherwise, I'll just maybe yes, maybe no. But if I have a mashkin from you in hand, so then that's going to guarantee me that even in a worst case scenario, even if uh, something happens in the end and you don't end up giving me back the money, well, I still have a Rolex. I'll go and either continue to wear it or I'll sell it or whatever, but I'll get my money back through the mashkin. 
That's the aside of what a mashkin is. So he says that the mikdash itself, the Beis HaMikdash itself, functioned as, as a mashkin. Not, not just as a mishkan, not just as a place that Hashem was mashra hashchina, which is a mishkan. Mishkan is, has the root of shachin to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, shchina was dwelling there, but it was really serving as a mashkin. It was serving as a, as a collateral in lieu of what? In lieu of our Averis. We sinned terribly during the Bayes Rishon. And then we sinned again during the Bayes Sheni. During the Bayes Rishon, we did what? The Gimel Chamures, Avedezara, Gilarai, Shvichastamim. What did we do in the Bayes Sheni? Lashon Hara, good. And Lashon... What? Sinas Chinam, Lashon Hara. So because of that... Um, and that the Gemara t- says that it's it's shkula sineschinam is shakol keneged the gemel chamurais. But we did have eris in both Batei Mikdash and Hakadosh Baruch Hu really should have destroyed us, Rachman and Litzlam, because we sinned really badly. But instead of doing that, instead of like demanding that we are payment for what we do, Hakadosh Baruch Hu says, you know what? I'll take the Rolex instead. I'll take the Mishkan, I'll, the Beis Hamikdash, as a Mashkin going to take it away from you, and by taking it away, that was like a punishment for us, but it was good because instead of having to actually pay with our lives, we paid with a mikdash. So the double lush in here alludes to the mikdash, to the two mikdashes that were a mashkin for Klal Yisrael. Instead of giving, instead of me demanding, I want my thousand dollars, Hashem says, you know what, I'll take a mashkin and say, what's the mashkin in the base of mikdash? So he destroyed the first base of Mikdash, and then he destroyed the second base of Mikdash, but he didn't destroy us. He, he was, like the Gemara says, he was Shafach Chamasoy al Eitzim Ba'avanim. He, instead of going after human life, he basically poured out all of his vengeance and all of his anger against, against inanimate things, against the wood, against the stones, the marble. He destroyed those, but he spared our lives. That's what Rashi says. So here comes Rabbi Rucham explaining the depth to this whole idea. Ha'inyan ki ba'avaynais nasu Yisrael balchayv gadol. When Kla Yisrael sins, just to, he's he's sort of just like explaining the analogy between the Churban Beis Hamikdash and and a balchayv because if it's a mashkin, that means there must be a a, a debtor here. So Kla Yisrael becomes indebted, as it were, to the Rabbi Shlaylam. When we do Averis, Averis make us a very, very big Balchayv. Because why are we a Balchayv? Why do you think we're a Balchayv when we do Averis? What? We're supposed to die, maybe. Right. When 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 we when whenever we sin, what a sin really is is a merida against Hashem. We don't look at it necessarily that way. When we speak Lashon Hara, we're not thinking, okay, now I'm going to get God back. I'm going to really punish him. I'm going to say, say Lashon Hara. I don't necessarily think that way. I'm, I'm saying Lashon Hara because I want to say Lashon Hara. But the depth of speaking Lashon Hara when we know very well in the back of our minds or the front of our minds that it's usr is really like you're, you're defying Hashem. You're saying, yeah, I know Hashem doesn't want me to speak Lashon Hara, but too bad. I'm going to say it anyway. Right? That's sort of what we're doing. So Rav Dessler 
and others say that every time we sin, it's a little bit of a kfira. It's like almost like we're in denial that there's a God in the world in a certain sense. And so the more sins that we do, the more in the hole we are with Hashem. We like sort of like we're, we owe Hashem a lot. It's not just that we did a sin, but the, what the sin represents is like we're, we're really in deep trouble with Hashem the more that we sin. So we become more and more indebted. It's sort of like, you know, if I borrow a lot of money from you, or let's say I borrow a lot of money from some mobster, so the more money that I borrow from him, the more dangerous it is because the interest rates are, are compounding and I'm, you know, it starts off with a little bit and then it goes to a lot. And if I don't pay the money on time, you know, he's going to break my kneecaps. It's a, it's, so you become a very big balchayv the more you owe to somebody. And the more averis that we do, we're sort of getting deeper and deeper into some uh, real bad uh, relationship with Hashem. There's no vitor. You know what? It's fine. I know they owe me a lot. You did a lot of Averis. No problem. I'm, I'm, I'm going to just wipe your slate clean. It's not the way it works. It's not the way it works. Hashem demands payment. Our payment for all the Averis that we do. There's no vitor. However, he says, Ulam ani. However, there's different types of balchayvs. Sometimes um, you lend money to somebody and the guy's extremely wealthy. He's just not really paying you back so quickly. But he's very he has a lot of assets. He has a house, he has a car, he has jewelry, he has art, he has he has stuff. Then there's also another type of Balchayv that I lend a guy money. He has nothing. He doesn't have a, a dollar to his name. But, so I'd rather, I'd much rather be, a balchayv, be lending money to somebody that's a Balchayv, that's an Usher, than a Balchayv, that's an Ani. He's got plenty of stuff to pay me back. He owes me a thousand dollars. He's got, you know, much more than that in terms of his assets. Ukeshan Neiges Ba and when the collector comes to the Balchayv, so no, he takes out a, he takes his watch, he takes his painting, he takes his uh, bicycle, whatever, gives it to him, and that's it, he's done. Haklal Yisrael, an, uh, an Ani, of course, doesn't have that luxury. An Ani Balchayv, is, he, whatever he has, is, is, he doesn't have anything to pay back, so he's really up a creek. If, uh, if the collector comes and rings his doorbell, he has no, nothing to pay with, it's, it's not good. So what are we? Klal Yisrael, says Rabbi Yerucham, are ashirim g'daylem heim. We're very wealthy. He doesn't mean that in a financial sense. Ki yeshlam harbi nechassim. We have many nechassim. Nechassi denaydi, udaloy naydi. Anyone know what naydi means? What is the Hebrew word nod? Like nava nod. Nava nod. Nod means like a wanderer. Nodade means somebody that wanders. So nechasi denaidi means you have like metaltalin. These are, these are nechasim that are movable. A phone, a, a car, a bicycle, a painting. These are metaltalin, things that move. Then there is nechasim delaynaidi, that's like real estate, you can't move real estate. You have land, it doesn't move. But anyway, we got plenty of stuff. What is that? What are our nechasim? 
Bate Hamikdash Yisrael Nichse Bale Erech Ravahim. The base Hamikdash that Klai Yisrael had was a tremendously great um, possession in our in our possession. It's tremendous. Uh, a base Hamikdash that we had, it's there's nothing greater than that. It was like the greatest piece of real estate. It's the most powerful tool that we have in, in the world. We have a, a place that we can communicate with the Rabbi Nishalom. We could commune with the Rabbi Nishalom. We go in there and we're able to ask what we want, bring karbanas, get kapara. There is no greater spiritual resource than that Klai Yisrael had when they had the Beis HaMikdash. And therefore, the Harbe Avainas Nifru B'Churbanon. Many Averis were wiped away when the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed because that was like Hashem taking a very valuable mashkin. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu took back the Beis HaMikdash, he was basically, when he did that, that wasn't just like a punishment for us. It was, a, it was like a great act of chesed because when he took away that mashkin, that huge Rolex, as it were, he, at the same time, erased all the debt that we owed. If the chayv is, is, is averis, so the mashkin would, would erase the would erase the chayv. The Beis HaMikdash, when the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, it was horrible, but it was also a great bracha because all of those averis that we had on our shoulders were suddenly wiped clean because HaKadosh Baruch Hu took the mashkin, which was the Beis HaMikdash. Is everyone following that? Is that clear? Yeah? Okay. And this is sort of like what the Gemara means when it says, Darish Avimi, Mizmar La'asaf. The Pasuk says in Tehillim, Mizmar La'asaf. This is a, a, a song to Asaf. Asaf was really um, a person. Asaf was, um, was Asaf one of the Bnei Kairach? I think so. But if not, anyway, Asaf was one of the people that composed Tehillim. And Mizmar La'asaf, this was, and if you look in this Mizmar, this song, Mizmar means a song, you see it's more like a dirge, it's, it's a kina, it's more like, it's, it's sort of like what we say in Tishabav, it's terrible. Ba Gayim ben Gayim came into your, into your, into your, uh, into your inheritance, they came and they destroyed it. It was, it's much like one of the kina, so why are you calling it a song? How could you call it a Mizmar? It should be kina, this is what the Gemara asks. So Rashi says, Mizmar Lasav Kina Lasav Mibayle. Like the Gemara says, it should have been a Kina Lasav. It's a, it's a dirge. It's a lamentation. Vidarash Kach. Shamar Asav Shira Asav. Sang a Shira. Al Shakila Hakarishparhu Chamasai Beetzim Uvavanim Shevabesai. Rashi says, explaining the Gemara there, that Asav sang a Shira. Why? Because it's great. It was a wonderful event. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, like I said before, he poured out his wrath. If he had anger, he didn't take it out at us bodily, but rather he took it out against the actual Eitzim and Avonim. He took it out against stones and wood of the Beis HaMikdash. And because of that, a great... Um, a great... Uh, um, Genocide really was removed from Klaiso. We were supposed to, we should have all been killed. During the Khurban, all of Klaiso should have been killed for the Averis that we do. 
Why weren't we killed? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu had Rachmanus on us. And instead of taking us directly, what he did was he took our Beis HaMikdash, took our Beis HaMikdash as a mashkin, like Rashi says in our parasha. So we have a lot to be grateful for. It's a, it's a mizmar loss of. As bad as the Churban Beis HaMikdash was, but there's really a song, there's a happiness, there's a joy, even in the worst, darkest time of history, because there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. When Klai Yisrael, when Klai Yisrael has, even at its darkest moments, there's always something good that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to bring out. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't punish us just for the sake of punishing us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when He punishes us, really, if you look carefully, there is a bracha, there is a, uh, a, a wonderful silver lining in every cloud that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends. And even on the darkest day of history, on Tisha B'Av, which is the worst, everybody hates Tisha B'Av, right? It's the day you just want to get it over with, you can't, you know, you just, you know, I mean, you know, t- three weeks are bad, and then... Uh, what? No, Yom Kippur is great. Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur is great. Tisha B'Av. What? Why? What do you do all day? Why are you going upstairs? No, when you're upstairs, it's not so bad upstairs. It's, it's a fast, but it feels so bad when you're upstairs. It's true. That's true. No, but Misha, so Tisha B'Av is a, it's, is a pretty bad day, but, but you know, you're fasting all day and you're, you know, it just, it's like a, you know, it's not such a Gishmaka day, but yet, there is a an element of joy to it, and maybe that's why someday, you know, that's why we don't say tachan on it. There's always good. In every bad, there's always good. What's the good of the Chor Mesmish? HaKadosh took the mashkin against the building and not against us. He, he allowed the Gayim to come into the Nachal Asecha to destroy the Beis HaMikdash, but we were able to escape. We were able to escape to safety, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu took as his mashkin um, the actual, the, just the chayfetz. He didn't take us as a mashkin. Me'astam hayu ha'etzim ha'avonim piron gadol. These etzim ha'avonim, in case you're wondering, why is that a piron? Because it was a great piron. Yeshlam shavyas rabba ma'ayd. There was a great value to them. Not because physically they were, you know, they had a big market value because they were so precious the stones. It was a spiritual, you know, spiritually it was worth billions of dollars. The Beis HaMikdash. You can't put a price tag on it. All of the things that we were zeichet to because of the Beis HaMikdash, we had those wonderful times that we had. We have Kaihanim, Levim, Karbanes. The whole reason why we're still in Gulls is because of-, because of that. But that's true. But in terms of the fact that our lives were spared because of the Chor Beis HaMikdash, that's a reason to rejoice. There's, a, there's a, an undercurrent of of some muted joy, but there's a joy as well on even on on Tishabav, and that's what Rashi means to say over here that there was a Ela Pakudya Mishkan, Mishkan Aidas, it's a mashkin. Kla Yisrael gave up uh, their greatest mashkin, their most valuable mashkin, but our lives were spared. And I think that there's a uh, a great lesson for us all to take from this Yisaid, and that is that you know, we, we all have our challenges in life. Everybody here, and everybody in this issue, everybody in Queens, everybody in this world has, has a lot of challenges. We all do. Everybody, that's normal. That's part of life. Um, 
And sometimes it's very hard to swallow. You know, why is HaKadosh Baruch Hu doing this to me? Why me? And we get angry with him and we don't understand it and we look at other people and we think they have a better and really they might not, but we think that they do. And, and what we learn from this is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes, mash, takes a mashkin from us. Anything that we have in life that doesn't go our way, instead of looking at it like, oh yeah, Hashem hates me. Instead, look at it like, wow, HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves me, and instead of taking me, he took a match. Somebody, somebody told me recently that, they, uh, that they, uh, they're walking on Main Street, and, um, and they, uh, they tripped, and they, they had a new pair of shoes on, and the shoes got all ruined from the fall. But, um, and they're very, very upset about that. You know, it's like a brand new pair of shoes, whatever it costs. And like, you know, you want to keep your shoes nice for at least a couple of days. This is like a brand new pair of shoes and boom, like it was all scuffed up. The leather got ruined. Then he's very upset. And then he said to me, I wouldn't have said this to, to him, but he said to me that, you know, but I should really be grateful to Hashem because it could have been, I could have fallen and like broken my, my nose. I could have shattered my teeth. I could have, you know, broken my hip. My, you know, I could be in the hospital in traction from that fall because it was, it was a serious fall. So instead, Hashem took a pair of shoes from me. That's the right way to look at things. HaKadosh Baruch Hu took a mashkin. It was, a, it was, you know, it's a mashkin. You know, you don't want to give up your shoes, but it's much better that he, he, did my, he took my shoes away from me than that he took... Yeah, instead of, instead of, we, we had to fall. Now, what, what was the price that was expected to be taken from us? HaKadosh Baruch Hu could have done it in a variety of different ways. He could have made us fall and, liter- and physically hurt themselves. People do that all the time. People fall and they break their hips. Old people do that a lot. They fall, they break their hips. Their mamas can't walk for like a year. They need hip surgery, and then is it, right? If you, sometimes you fall and, you know, you get hit by a car, or you can, uh, you know, you fall on your head, you conk out. It, it, a million different things could happen to a person. So if it's, a person gets into a car accident, but he walks out unscathed, the car was messed up, and it's no fun to have a car that's messed up. Now you have to take it to the shop and deal with insurance and deductibles and, and money and whatever. It's not geschmack, but... If you have the right perspective, you look at it like a mashkin. Hakadosh Baruch Hu Baruch Hashem. Instead of taking me because of my averus, he took he took the car, took the car. And again, like it's easy for me to say that sitting here on a Wednesday night, it probably wouldn't be so easy for me to say it if it was my car that got Chas V'Shalom totaled. Or I was, but that's. But this is what I believe Rabbi Rucham is saying that it's not just the Beis Hamikdash that was a mashkin for our averus, but but. Individually, we all have in our life different challenges, and and Hakadosh Baruch Hu sometimes takes things from us, but it could always be worse. It could always be worse. Hakadosh Baruch Hu has Rachmanis on us, and as bad as we think it is, there's always a silver lining. Hakadosh Baruch Hu may be sparing us, dodging a, a bullet, and that's something that you know comes up a lot of times with the guys in yeshiva that I deal with this. Definitely weekly, but almost daily. Uh, you know, a guy's going out with a girl, and you know he thinks this is it. He's all excited. He's going to get married to her, and then boom, she she says no to him, and like he's devastated. This was my kala, this was my best shirt. I loved it, 
and you know, and it seems really bad, but you don't understand. I don't understand either. But a person doesn't understand that Hakadosh Baruch is monitoring everything. And you think you know that this is the right girl for you. You know, you think this is like your zir basher. Hakadosh Baruch if he wanted it to be the right girl for you, Mustama he had the ability to make it work. If he didn't make it work, that means that you should make a kiddush because it's it. You dodged the bullet. Hakadosh Baruch is sparing you from a tremendous uh, a tremendous problem possibly. Do we know that for sure? Obviously, it's all conjecture. We don't know it, but that's really what HaKadosh Baruch Hu does constantly. He doesn't, you know, he, he takes a mashkin and it might hurt, but it's, there's the understanding that you're being spared at the same time from untold bad. Whatever it might be, it, might, it, could, it could, you know, be a million different things. It might be if you marry this girl, there won't be shalom bayis. Maybe chas v'shalom, the children won't be healthy, the children won't be from, the, you'll have a problem with, uh, you know, with your, your in-laws or whatever. There could be, a, a, could be a zillion things and we don't know these things. We're just dating. We like the girl. Nice girl. Okay, let's, let's, let's do this. And then suddenly something weird happens and doesn't end up our way. But that doesn't mean that HaKadosh Baruch Hu hates you. HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves you but he's saving you from something. He's sparing you from something. He's taking a mashkin. This is a mashkin because it, it hurts. It's painful. But it's in lieu of a tremendous bracha that we're not aware of. So the mashkin is needed to give a bracha? Like- yeah, yeah. Something has to be taken. We, we, you know, we, we owe HaKadosh Baruch Hu a lot. We're a balchayv to Hashem, like he says, for our averis. So we have, to, we have to suffer somewhat for the averis. We owe him. So Hashem could either take us physically or hurt us physically and have us have pain, and sometimes that happens as well. But but when we're lucky, we're spared of that by him taking what's called a mashkin, which is something of a, of a physical nature, something that is not is not our bodies, but rather it's something that is. It's hard for us. It might be a car. It might be a, you know, a, a pair of shoes. It could be losing money in the stock market, whatever it is. But it's far better that it's taken in that way, that that should be the kapara that we have than, than, than chas v'shalom, our lives or our health or things that are of a much more serious and critical nature. And that's a, that's a tremendous yisai there. Yerucham is teaching us that the mashkin is for, is for the, the fact that we're bal chayv and we're all bal chayv. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there's no vitor. HaKadosh Baruch Hu isn't Michael our Aves. Now we could do tshuva. Tshuva is a way that, that we can earn our kapara, but that's not vitor. That's, we earned it. Tshuva is an actual act of erasing what so we're doing. Right, then you wouldn't, but we all sin. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us two options. Either we can do tshuva, but a lot of us, we don't do tshuva. We don't do real tshuva. So we still have a very big tally of Averis. HaKadosh Baruch has to take something from us in order to, in order to take a mashkin so that somehow the debt is, is considered paid and, uh, and whatever it is that we go through in our lives, if you look at it like a mashkin, instead of a pirain of the chayv itself of, of what we have to be, what we really should have been and HaKadosh Baruch Hu spared us, when you have that perspective in life, and again I'm not saying this is easy, and everybody, you know, has to try to digest this a little bit on their own. But this is the right hashkafas hachayim to be able to whatever. It makes life a lot more bearable, 
all the things that we go through, all the suffering, all the pain, all the, you know, and if we look at it like, okay, it's like, I think Sfardim are very good at this, right? Everything is a, everything is a kapara, right? That's true. It's a kapara. It's, it's fine. That's true. That's the way. Is, is that right? Yeah. I think we're all Sfardim, actually. I think just you and I are. What? Uh, no, but that's a good. That's right. That that that's the, that's the that's really the right way to look at things. If you because it really is a kapar. Everything that's. Do you know that the Gemara says the Gemara says that if you uh, an example of yisurim of of, of yisurim, we think of like Hashem Baruch Hu giving us yisurim. It's like you know you have to be in the hospital, you have to be sick, you have to do this, you have to. Yisurim, the Gemara says, if let's say um, I, I need a quarter to feed the meter, and I put my hand in my pocket, and out comes, and this is a quarter, of course. But instead of a quarter, you pull out a nickel, right? And so what, is that such a big deal? You pull out, so you have to put your, quarter, your hand back in your, in your pocket, and then you find, you fish out a quarter you then. The Finding the nickel instead of the quarter, bringing out the, that extra... Um, you know, pain that I had to, I, I, instead of, I have to now put it back in again, it seems like so trivial. The Gemara says that's also considered Yisurim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, everything that we do that's a little bit of a, of a nuisance even, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends as a tremendous way of us getting some kapar. It's considered Yisurim. The worst one is stubbing your toe, right? Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> that's the worst. But, um, but that's the way it is. Every time we get anything inflicted on us, we should always look at it as a kapara and understand that Akarishbarhu is running the show and if he decided that this is what I need to have, he's taking this is he's I'm dodging a bullet. He's doing it with love, he wants me to have a kapara in the best way possible, and he's sparing me from something much, much worse by giving me this pain, stubbing your toe, taking a, a nickel out, uh, whatever the things might be in our own personal lives. But if you look at it as, as HaKadosh Baruch Hu has such chesed and such love for me that he gave me the best of all possible scenarios that, you know, we don't, we'll never know what we were spared from. That's the problem in life. If we would know that we were supposed to break our head when we fell and instead we just look at our shoes and say, oh, wow, Baruch Hashem. But we don't, we don't, we're, we're, instead we say, why did I fall? Why wasn't I more careful? And we're, we get mad at ourselves, but we should really be grateful to Hashem for everything that he, he does to us, even the bad. It should be a kina, but if we make it into a shira, if we say that everything is, thank God, you're amazing, Hashem, thank you for giving me this. I know I probably should have deserved much worse, but you, you spared me from much worse, and you saved me, and I, I, I'm, I'm eternally grateful to you. That's the right Ashkafas HaChayim to have, and it will, it will make life a lot more a lot, it should make life a lot more manageable, a lot more easy to, to bear and to continue to have a positive, healthy relationship with the Rabbi Nishan.